And welcome to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. If you missed New Turd Tuesday yesterday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino, make sure you grab that in the podcast, available now for you at WRQK.com. Also, while you're there, you might as well watch this video of this college football player punching his coach on the sideline. Basically just knocks the dude flat out cold. You can see that online as well. Joined every morning by the able-bodied Matthew Fantone. Buddy, how are you this morning? Oh, dude, it's Canton Charge on opener day. Yeah, dude, I'm super pumped about it. It's Christmas Um, morning for you. Essentially it is, man. It's It's been far too long since I've been out in the uh, Civic Center floor there. Very excited for tonight. Excited to announce that a friend of the program, John Holland, will be making another appearance on the Stansberry Show this morning. Yeah, so we like that. 9 o'clock, it's right? Good, it's good stuff yeah, right like there. It. It's good stuff right there. I actually woke up like it was Christmas morning this morning. I uh, woke up at like 1. And usually I wake up at like 3, 3.30. That's usually like my time of like getting getting going. And I woke up at 1 and I'm like, dude, what are you awake for? And then I'm like, oh, you're excited, man. You are excited. And so I start kind of doing like my morning routine and it ends up being 3 o'clock. And I'm like, all right, I'm done with everything. Let's do this. I'm going back to bed. So I slept in until like five and like woke up and was like, oh my God, dude, you got to get going. So I feel very like, I don't know. I don't want to say off this morning, but the routine was different. Oh, you changed the routine yeah. and it's hard. It, right. it is. Like, that's the one thing about this position and this, and this shift. And a lot of you working already, you kind of know this. Where as long as you do the same thing every day, you're fine. Yeah. But when life throws you uh-huh. a curveball, it's like, oh my God, how am I going to get through this? And usually you'd think like, oh, well, you slept in a little bit. That's going to make you feel better. No. And I'm like, oh, dude, rubbing the now sleep you're out groggy. of my eyes, right? Trying to trying to get my act together. Oh. Uh, uh-huh. But no, dude, nothing's going to uh, nothing's going to throw a damper on this day, dude. Canton Charge home opener tonight's the night. Tickets still available. Uh, you can go to the Canton Civic Center uh, box office anytime during the day today, or CantonCharge.com. Get yourself a pair. We're going to be passing out a pair after we talk to John Holland nice. for tonight's game. Like and it. then, actually, I believe at 7.30, we'll have a pair of tickets for their game on the 25th. Beautiful stuff. So right a couple there. of different games for uh, that we'll be getting people hooked up with uh, you know, w- with some tickets. I also saw this. Phantom sent me an article yesterday about, it's like 10 toys All right. that are like deemed not safe for your kids. Oh, I thought we were talking sex toys. Here, no, but no, okay, no, 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 no. 10 toys. toys that are like deemed like not safe for your kids. You know the holidays right around the corner. Of course. Right? Lawn top of the list, I assume. And so I found a Nerf item that they say is on the list. I found the YouTube video for it, and it's like a review of like this Nerf crossbow, and it may not be safe for your kids, but I want one. <laughs> I mean, the thing looks aw- – it's a zombie it's – a, it's a Nerf zombie dreadlock crossbow. Jeez. and it lo- No, seriously, it looks awesome. I'm going to be in the store before <laughs> Christmas, and I'm going to be one- – do Black Friday. I'm just going to be knocking like little old ladies over for my crossbow. i got to start making better financial decisions. You know what? i got to start – you know, I'm going to cut the cord. I'm going to cut the cord to save some money, and with all that money, I'm going to buy a That's Nerf exactly what crossbow. I'm going to do. Yeah, 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 because I'm all of 10 years old. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, what's going on with you, buddy? What's the story? What do you got? Honestly, man, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm mad at myself today. A little angry, okay. Yeah, I, uh, yesterday was nice enough. I know for most of you, you're going to be like, what? It was freezing. But it was nice enough to play golf yesterday, right. and I didn't do it. Yeah, you got to get out there, dude. You got to. I don't know what I'm doing. Like it's, it, they say rain late this afternoon, so I may try to sneak it in when we get out today. I, I know tomorrow and Friday is actually supposed to be a little bit good, and so like uh, you know maybe I'll do that. But like I, I woke up today and I was like, what for what? To sit here yesterday and watch Netflix? Like why the hell right. are you not like? Don't be falling out of love with this now. 
You right, know what I mean? Right, 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 right. I mean, especially as we get into like these winter months here. Um, I know this weekend the bottom is supposed to drop out yeah. of the weather. I know it's supposed to be terrible, especially as you go further north. I, I think I'm going to the Browns game this weekend. Ugh, Why? Ugh, ugh. Um, because doing kind of a favor for somebody, our good buddy Ricky Smith from uh, Random Acts of Kindness, he, uh, he does a Random Acts of Kindness Everywhere booth up there, and I'm taking some of the students from Project Rebuild oh, good because they all liked him. Yeah, that's and, a good like, idea. At first, I was like, well, this will be all right. It's going to suck. I'm going to blow my Sunday at the Browns, but it'll be cool because these kids have never been to Cleveland and Ricky's our buddy and I want to help him out. And then I see it's like five inches of snow, 17 degrees. Is it really? Oh, dude, it's going to be brutal this weekend on Sunday. So if I were you, go get it in this week. Go get it in tonight, today, tomorrow, Friday, yeah, as I'm much as you can. To. Because, dude, it's not going to be long and you are going to be sitting there in five inches of ice and five inches of snow and you're going to be and like, son of a bitch. Now, thank God here that we have Skyland Pines because they have that heated box where oh, you yeah. can go to the driving range all year. And I use that a lot. I use that all winter. I actually love that place over there. So like I, I'll do that a lot. But it's it, that. I mean, any golfer will tell you it's not quite the same thing as playing. No, you know sure what I mean? It's not quite the same sure thing as not. playing. But so uh, yeah, I, I probably will get into today. I felt so guilty yesterday. I was like, well, you look at you, you big fat tub of lard. <laughs> like you're not doing anything. It's not even like you have like you. This is the perfect opportunity. The weather's decent enough for you. Historically, like you should get out there and do it. And I just didn't. Every single hour on the program this morning, you have a shot at a thousand dollars. Your first one's actually right now. Your shot at one thousand dollars now. Text the keyword luck to two six nine. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show, Rock one zero six nine. If you've been sticking with us, you heard a little George Thorogo there. Yeah. Bad. I dude. There's like here's the thing. The music at this radio station has gotten phenomenally better. Like, it's so much better than when we first started. Oh, from three, It's not even close. From three years ago, yes, things have considerably gotten better. Shout out to the boss man, or shout out to San Antonio for getting things done. Now, right, exactly. Now, what I... I understand that, much like everyone else, the radio station's going to play songs I'm not wild about, right? Yep. I mean, welcome to, like, welcome to public consumption. That's just yep. the way it's going to be, right? But there's just something about that George Thorogood song, and I like other Thorogood songs, but there's something about that song that I've just always loathed. And I started telling Fanto, I was like, dude, remember the music video? And he's like, no, of course not. I was five years old. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. And I was like, oh yeah, dude, it's awful. Like He's in like some small like corner bar, and he's shooting pool. I actually think he plays pool with the guitar. <laughs> and it's like, no, 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 I was wrong. What it is is he sets the guitar case down on the pool table opens it and the pool cue comes out of it because the 80s i guess is why that was okay the uh music videos were weird back in the day i mean i guess they're weirder now but they were just so different back in the day because they didn't know what they were doing so no I, half of it had to be a like a live performance right and the other half is you like, walking down the street tough looking cool like just that's all you could do is like all right <laughs> play the guitar and look cool so at least they're all good got some pool you know got some got some billiards in there that was uh that was not good i need you to explain something to me all right hopefully i can what is going on with LeBron James and this Instagram account? All right, so for people who don't know, there's a photo of LeBron at his Instagram account. And he's standing what looks like to be near center court of the of Madison Square Garden where the Knicks logo is. And he says in the in the caption, I believe, if I have my facts straight, you're welcome, King of New York. Right. 
Right? LeBron always, 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 number one, uh, loves playing in Madison Square Garden. He's made that perfectly clear. Well, a lot of history in that building, right? Dude, it's the mecca of basketball. Like, it is. New York is a basketball town. Right. It is where, like, you know, so many great moments have happened. And, you know, obviously the Knicks had a a fantastic run of basketball. So, like, he loves playing there. He loves playing in front of that crowd. And he's always traditionally done very, very well there. Like, and I don't know if it's a conscious decision of, like, dude, I'm playing tonight. MSG, I'm going balls out, or if it's just one Maybe. of those things that, you know, it just coincidence kind of of like, this is where he, he does well. And throughout the week prior to this Knicks game, the Cavaliers and or LeBron and a couple of members of the Knicks were kind of like chipping at each Enos other. Enos Cantor. Yeah, Enos Cantor. And, 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 and we're kind of, you know, talking junk about each other. So all Welcome this, to sports. All, right. All this, all this is, is, you know, LeBron being LeBron, the guy loves drama. I mean, the guy thrives on drama. He is, he is a drama queen. He is. Dude. He is. There's, there's no denying there's it. There's no denying it. And, no, we're and, 15 years in. We know who he is. And at this point, I mean, honestly, like, I think it's one of the things that he has to do to motivate himself. And I agree. Because when, once you get to a certain level. And, Seven finals straight. Right. And once you're, 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 you've reached an elite you know, level of competition, there probably is a little bit of like, well, dude, how do I even get up for this Tuesday night game in the middle of November? I, I create drama. I create something there for me to fight, something there for me to be against. And, you know, LeBron talked about the Knicks making mistakes in the draft, and Enos Cantor, I think, took exception to that. And it, it all turned into Enos Cantor was like, well, if he wants to call himself the king, the queen, the princess, whatever, and then LeBron's got to stand up for his family, say, my wife's the queen, my wife's, or my, my daughter's the princess, or whatever. Yeah, that was a little but, bit obnoxious, uh, but yeah, I mean, welcome to it. Yeah, but I mean, like, welcome to trash talking, and like, welcome to being a part of, like, sports. So, like, I don't necessarily view this as anything more than I mean LeBron the blogs LeBron. the blogs were trying to make it out to be about the fact that he was going to go play for the Knicks which I thought it was hilarious because the same very outlets last year were saying there's no way he would ever be a Nick because of the ownership there and look at what they did to Oak and so there's okay. no way LeBron would ever go there and I don't see him being a Nick I think if the ownership completely changed Madison Square Garden New York City you could build, put some other players there you could attract LeBron to New York for sure but I don't think he's going to go play for that ownership right now a lot of ifs ands and buts a lot that too and Too many. This all goes back to what I keep saying about LeBron and his decision of the of the uh, after this upcoming season or after this. He's going to wait. Basketball. You think he doesn't have his mind made up? And it's not to say like no, definitively he's staying here. He's retiring a Cavalier. It's never going to happen. But like, there's just too many variables for a person that like that to you know to have decided already. I think he's leaning to go. But has not made up that decision. You're more along the line that he's legitimately just stuck there in the middle, and now or choosing not to not to w- think about right. it. Right? There's going to be days when it's like, damn, dude, maybe I Get should leave. And then there's going to be days where, like, damn, dude, I'm playing with Dwayne Wade. I'm playing with Kyle Korver. I'm playing with some of my best. I mean, friends. welcome to doing this. Right? It's the same, it's exact, same, same exact, same exact thing, dude. Exact same, same exact thing. thing. So I don't necessarily. I, I mean, and I know people are talking about you know the Arthur thing, which is some cartoon from PBS that LeBron like made a you know he made like a meme about. People are like, oh, what is it? Just like, dude, the guy thrives on this. So if you're really that, like, what do I want to say? Like, like, like intrigued by it, you're just playing into him. You're just there's giving a, him exactly what he wants. Yeah, there's a little egomania going on here. Of course, of course. And dude. it'd be hard not to be that way if you're LeBron James. Now, the other big basketball story is, and I had predicted this. I had said Kyrie to the Boston Celtics would make them interesting. I don't know how good they would be, but they would be interesting. Now, then, when Gordon Hayward went down, you were like, well, well, maybe not. But now, dude, I guess Uncle Drew's 13 straight now with the Celtics after last night. Now, I don't want to go overboard, because if you ask me my best guess, 
is that by the end of the season, these two situations completely flip on their head. Boston's lost how many ever games in a row, can't find their way in the world, and now all of a sudden the Cavs are hot and catching fire. I, I believe that to be happening, but I know you're going to see people you know, out there saying, see, we should have never traded this guy. Look at what we did. Well, I mean, you had to trade him. I mean, what right. were you going to do? You're, you're just, I agree. You're going to keep him there. No, so he, like, had paid, he had put you in a situation where you kind of had to do something. You had no other option, really. So, uh, I mean, you have to remember the Cavaliers are nowhere near full power yet. I mean, and, and the Celtics, I guess you can say the same thing with Gordon Hayward being out, but at the very least, this is the team that they're rolling with. For the, you know, Well, they're for, not going to have Gordon team, Hayward. Right. We're going to get Isaiah Thomas back. You're going to get Tristan Thompson back. You're going to get, you know, additional pieces here. So, like, is it is it, like, a little bit frustrating to watch Boston? Because, number one, I hate the Celtics before Kyrie, before this entire thing happens. So, yes, it's always going to be frustrating to watch them win. Now you throw Kyrie Irving on top of it. It's even worse. But, once again, this backs LeBron to that corner. And this puts him in that situation. Oh, he's wringing his hands where, together. Where he has something to Loves prove. It. Where he's got the chip on his shoulder. I agree. He feels like everybody's doubting him. Everybody's coming after him. Oh, he's lost a step. Not as athletic as he used to be. Not as good as he used to be. And now he's, you know... You know, now he's got motivation. Now he's got something to do. And I don't mind it, except for the fact that I wonder, and I'm not saying there is, I just, I wonder, is there a little bit of, if you wait to get it together like that, because you're trying to build yourself up to do it, you put yourself behind the wall, is it then too much of a mountain to overcome that late to win the title on top of just getting there? I mean, if, if you're, well, because you got to think, the the thing of like turning it, flipping it on and flipping it off, and this was a big, you know, topic of Flip conversation with Cavaliers last year. Um, it's a long season, and I mean, we got six months before we get into like meaningful basketball. So, like, yes, I take your point there of like you don't want to rely on that. That's not a that's not a good battle plan of like, well, we'll just wait. But at the same time, I mean, there's no use in switching it too early, flipping it too early. You know what I'm saying? That's true too. I mean, what do you? you know? I just worry that sometimes that that the pressure of it might be more than what he realizes, and that maybe that's why sometimes like things wear down late in the year, or maybe late in the finals, or. Um, I think that pressure. I think that pressure mounts regardless where you're sitting at, whether you're in the three seed or the one seed. And and I mean, and I think that's the thing too is the Cavaliers probably not as concerned as other teams about like, hey, we have to be at the top of the pops. We have to be number one in, in the conference. No, they realize that they're old, and that honestly, that that you're better off just kind of like taking this at like an old. I mean, dude, they do. They have an old roster. When it comes down to it, they're going to win fifty percent of their games minimum, just based on talent. Just if and a big enough and a big enough, you know, that's an NBA problem. In, in, in a big enough you know pool of like all right we're looking at games their minimum even without putting forth great effort even without putting forth like you know their maximum uh, product they're going to win 50% of games minimum and that's going to be enough to get them into the playoffs see there's a bigger conversation here and i and i don't know if the nba cares now but they're going to have to care at some point what i think everything you just said tells me is that this one and done system for basketball players coming out of the NCAA is bad for the nba oh. if you can if the cavs can win just 50% of their games just on pure talent of the roster that they've put together there's not enough good players in the NBA right now. Credit to the NBA for actually doing something about it. The one-and-done system isn't working, and I think you're going to see the same thing kind of across sports here. And the NBA kind of taking a page out of MLB's book with the NBA G League and deciding like, hey, we need to put guys in situations that are more comparable to NBA basketball as opposed to to playing college college sports beforehand. So like, uh, we've talked about this before, and maybe when John Holland comes in, the concept of these developmental leagues, the concept of like, because the NFL was talking about doing this a, a while ago, where you had rookie and sophomore players, you know, first, second year players, guys that weren't necessarily getting rounds or reps out on, on you know, with the first string team, having those guys come in and do something. So, no, I think all sports are going to have.
have to kind of look at the college system and realize this isn't what it once was. How big do you think a football league, like take here, like you give you oh. give them a franchise oh. here, dude, and they're playing games here. Like, but think about that. There's going to be places in Iowa. There's going to be yeah. places in South Dakota that don't. Well, we were talking about this the other day. You go west of Colorado, pretty much west of Colorado to California. There's they're Broncos fans because there's nothing, nothing else. else. Yeah, there's nothing else. If the, with the NFL, I will admit that I don't think they have a ratings problem right now, but they definitely have a perception problem with the national anthem and all that. You could earn back a lot of that small town favor if you if you go into those communities. Right. To put teams there. Like, look at the chart. I mean, like, you can, you can, there, there's business here. Especially areas that, you know, are underserved by sports or are, you know, have a college program that they're wild about. So if you put that counter to, like, you know, once college football season was over in Iowa, all of a sudden you have a, or not a semi pro, but a D league, a developmental league, you know, NFL team, I think it would make all the sense in the world. It really I, would. I, as long as you go into it knowing that you're not expecting NFL turnout. Or right. N- or NFL product, everybody walks away a winner. Well, I mean, I, you, you know that going into college games, and you right. get a hundred thousand plus people. You know, that's back fair in point. Stadiums. That's an absolutely fair point. Every warning comes after somebody actually did something, and we have the nine places you should never, and I mean never, stick your penis. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at wrqk.com. If you missed yesterday's program, podcast it right there. Also online for you right now. A couple of great videos. Gene Simmons has had enough of a heckler. He's had enough. Actually goes into the crowd to take care of it. Like jumps off the stage, goes into the crowd to take care of it. Video's a little long, but it is online for you at WRQK.com. And actually coming up at 730, Gene Simmons has 10 rules of power. We're going to break those down for you. Gene's going to teach us how to like take power back in our lives. Okay. Yeah, no, I like it. All right. 730, we'll do that. Should make you aware of this December the 1st. We will be up at the Giant Eagle on the Strip from 6 o'clock in the morning till 7 o'clock in the evening for Long Haul Against Hunger. This is all to benefit the Akron-Canton Regional Food Bank. Those of you that listen to the radio station and this show for a while now know about this event. You've come out in record numbers every single year. We hope uh, that will continue this year as well as we'll take food and uh, we'll cash and uh, we'll check donations for the Akron-Canton Regional Food Bank. Yeah, we depend on you guys in this. And number one, obviously, it's a great cause. The Akron-Canton Regional Food Bank, um, a highly, highly credible organization. Dude, F whatever that guy in the Akron Beacon Journal said. That was a personal vendetta. Dude, honestly, that was something that kind of like got past me and I felt like I never like really like spouted off on that enough. But like, seriously, F that dude, man. People in, 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 Nonprofits deserve a living as well. Just because you decided to spend your life dedicated to where are they going to come from? Right? Where? Why would anybody do it if you're not going to have a job there? Are you going to go to your job today if somebody doesn't pay you? I didn't think so. It is a. It is a. It is a. a I wouldn't be here. It is a five star out of five star accredited nonprofit when it comes to CharityNavigator.com. So like you can go ahead. The 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 transparency, the financials are all available to you to look at. I'll tell you what. More than that, go volunteer there at one day. Right. And then tell me what you think. F that dude in the Akron Beacon Journal, honestly. So, um, but not only is it very important to raise food and funds and everything for them, uh, but it's also very important for Stansberry and I to beat Keith Kennedy at this. This has been something we've done three consecutive years. Yeah, that's true. And his chubby little ass is going to be like, no, this year I'm going to get you guys. And no, you're not, Keith Kennedy. Although I think we pay for that all throughout the year. Yeah, well. Because I think it drives home the narrative. It's like, yeah, dude, you're not not that popular, buddy. Like, we're going to kick your ass again. And I think he makes us pay for it all year. Well, 
I'll do it. Which is worth it because other people other people get to benefit. Because here's what's going to happen: we're going to pay for it either for for beating for him not, or not or doing. We're going to pay for or we're going to pay for, for not losing. beating him. And yeah. then at that point, it's he's worse. just walking around. His head's so fat anyway, it's, dude. It, it, it's going to be even bigger. And no, I'm not dealing with that. So please raise some food, raise that, some money, help us out. That dude is molded out of cured meat. <laughs> he's just like an Italian sub in human just form, just walking around, <laughs> just dripping olive oil for you know sweat. So I, I, a listener sent me this, and at first I wanted to like just kind of like brush this off as nothing. Okay. And then the more like I then I went to the bathroom and I got a cup of coffee and I started walking around the building and I started to think about it. And I was like, well, then why did it have to be this way? Okay. And so let me tell you what's going on. This is out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where organizers have put on a train show. Which, by the way, in 2017, Jeez. I wasn't aware you were still able to do that. Which, by the way, I do have a little bit of a train thing. Like I would. Okay. I, uh, well, I, I grew up. My uncle worked for Conrail, and so like there was one of those things we were kind of rounded a lot as kids. And I don't know for some reason, like I would like actually I would like a really nice train set. I thought I thought I thought just like Bobby Bacala just out there in my garage <laughs> making the trains go. I, Tony Soprano comes over and punches me. I thought train show. I thought that was like a gangbang website. <laughs> like I was like, all right, train show. Tell me all about this one but okay this is an actual Dude, train okay. you gotta shut x hamster down <laughs> i think it's ruining your life but there's so they apparently like this is like the biggest train show in like the world or country or whatever right All right. so the biggest out of three number one out of three there okay <laughs> and one of the scenes that the train goes by is two cops standing outside of like their car again these are little toys inside like this train set right and, like, the cruiser's there, and the one cop's, like, kind of looking one way, and then the other cop's, like, kind of down on one knee with his gun pointed out. All right. And they're facing three African-American men just sitting on boxes, like... Like hobos. I, I guess maybe. Yeah, I guess maybe that's what that is. Yeah, right? I mean, like, it's, it's not it's too far of a stretch to think, like, when you're riding the, riding the rails right there, you know, you got your hobo with your little bundle and on your stick there. There you go. Okay. I didn't take it there, but yes, okay. that's probably what's happening there, right? And so somebody who was attending the train convention or show or whatever the hell these nerds want to call it says it's wrong. Sir Stansbury, the guy who wants to I want a train set. I do. I want a train set. All right, all right. It's wrong. That's just wrong. It's insensitive. It's disrespectful. And it's racist. Now, I have been one of these people that I constantly say, you got to slow down with the word racist, because if we make everything racist, then nothing's truly racist. And we better like stay on the right side of this, because there's real to God, honest to God, like real racism in this country. Right. And I worry that if what I don't want to be is the boy who cried wolf. Right. And I worry that that's sometimes what social media does. But then I started walking around, so I was like, yeah, that's just what one of these things, right? And then I started walking around the building, and I was like, well, why do they got to be pointing the gun at them? Like, you, right? Like, the, you couldn't have just put the police officer standing there next to him, talking to him? Then, if somebody said to you then, what, why is the cop got to be standing there talking to him? Then I think that that's, that's you ringing the bell too early. But it's a fictional playset, and you got the guy. I mean, dude, it, you got the guy pointing the gun right at him. I mean, that does seem like he. They say it happened on accident. Yeah, it just ha- oh, okay. They, they say it just happened to be set up that way. It, it, to say that, like, hey, this is how we've set it up every year. At least you have some like deniability there, and like, hey, here's the other examples of like black people within this land or whatever doing other things. Then maybe you've got something. But to hide behind, oh, it just accidentally happened. This is one of those things where I don't think it's not, where these two words mean this the separate 
thing, I think. And I don't think, I'm not sure it's racist, big, but it is insensitive. A big part of the problem here is we all have this like line of racism where it's like, well, you know, in some people's mind, if you're not, you know, dragging a, a black person behind your truck, it's not racist. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then there's other people who are like, well, this, you know, the slightest thing of anything where it's like, well, there's black people involved here, automatically racist. And it's like, there's just this moving line and everyone's going to kind of have a different view of like what is and what is not. I understand why somebody saw this and why somebody was like, hey, I don't necessarily feel like that's appropriate. Now, this is one person complaining, right? So like, we kind of have to keep that in mind too. Remember, when like one person's opinion didn't upset the entire world and somebody could say hey I think this is racist and you could be like well you think whatever the hell you want to think and I'm moving on with my life. Well Train Fest prides itself Train in Fest. Train Fest prides itself in being a family friendly event that has never encountered a need in 46 years of staging the event to review the content of the layouts for social or political commentary. That policy will change and we will be implementing stronger reviews of the layouts on display to ensure this never happens again. I think that's perfectly an acceptable yeah. response to what's happened. Where's the problem? I, I, that's just it. Is that I, I again, I, only a couple of people, I'm sure it was more people than this one person, had something to say about this. But again, I, I, I don't want to go overboard and say racist, but given the world and the environment in which you live in today, it should, this the kind of stuff needs to cross your mind. Unfortunately, I'll say is that this is where we live now. Is that everybody, this is what I'm always talking about. This is, everybody's looking for the next controversy. And if you're doing anything for public consumption, trust me, as a guy who's talking to you right now, whose entire life is built on public consumption, I'm just telling you, if when you prepare things for public consumption, you have to be more careful today than you have ever been before. We're figuring out where these lines go. What this country is at least doing right now is at least admitting that where these lines have been historically are probably not the right places. Now, we may go too far in one regard. We may not go far enough on another. But we're at least examining those lines. And I think ultimately it's probably going to take us a little while, but we'll probably land on the right spot eventually. That's Maybe that's me being more optimistic than I'm known for being. I just hope that will happen. There was another tragedy in Northern California this time yesterday. Uh, we'll uh, get you all caught up with all the latest info on that next on The Stansberry Show. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. And coming up at 9 o'clock, we'll talk to John Holland. Can't charge player. Actually, as a matter of fact, coming up at 7.30, we'll pass out a four-pack of tickets for their game on the 25th. And then after we talk to John at 9, we'll actually get you hooked up with those tickets for tonight's game, which is their home opener. Uh, Fantone will be your in-arena host, and I'll just be the fat dude courtside eating nachos. <laughs> so that's how that works. Sorry it's not dollar dog night. I will make sure the first one of those you get VIP for, buddy. I bet if I flirt with the with the <laughs> concession stand, I get dollar dog night. Well, what is it, like $250 for I know. a dog? You know what I'm saying? No, the it's concession stand is, honestly, that's what I'm looking forward to most. I can't wait. Basketball schmacks. They got pizza oven in there. They do. It's good. I like the concession stand there. So there were not one, but two different shooting incidents yesterday. Um, one of the ones not catching a lot of traction in the news just yet, probably will as your day goes on, is a high school kid in Florida shot himself in the school yesterday. Right. Um, and like I said, more details will be coming out of that. They're not naming anybody at the, at the moment. That's, uh, as, as our day and your day goes on, more details will come out about that one. That was in Florida. But in Northern California was the story that captivated the nation yesterday as uh, running through a Northern California town. This is out of the New York Times now. A gunman took aim on Tuesday at people at an elementary school and several other locations. He killed at least four, wounding at least 10 before he was fatally shot by the police. 
Uh, there are at least seven separate shooting scenes in or near Rancho Tahama Reserve, an unincorporated community of about 1,500 people. Shocking there was only four dead when you've got seven shooting scenes. And right, but. That is true. Fair point. The gunman later identified as Kevin Jansen Neal, 44, entered the elementary school but was unable to get into the classrooms before school officials had heard gunshots outside of the building and locked the doors. At least two of the injured are children, officials said, who were struck after the gunman fired into a school hallway. The dead were all adults. And uh, the, you know, police go on to say this incident, as tragic and as bad as it as it is, could have been so much worse if it wasn't for the quick thinking and staff at our elementary school. Right. Just before 8 a.m., the gunman, who was armed with at least semi-automatic rifle and two handguns, first shot a woman near his home with whom he had an, a continuing dispute, but the remaining victims were shot at random. Now, there was an article, and we didn't get much into this yesterday. I wish I had more time to do it right now, actually, is that they've run the numbers. I believe it was the FBI did where the amount of these shootings that start as domestic violence issues, they say that's primarily where this all boils over from. Well, I mean, I just think from the sense of once you've decided to go on a mass shooting like this and you're shooting children and you're shooting random people, obviously you don't put much value on human life. You've dehumanized others. And I think that's a step along the way is de- of dehumanization is like you're not initially going to go out and just start shooting people, punching your wife, degrading your wife. You know what I'm saying? Or who you live with, who you're around. I would I imagine the first step or one of the first. Yeah, steps I would like. imagine this is an act you have to build up to. For the most part, now, I would imagine wrong. some people are going to be like, well, "What about this one where this kid had no, or this person had?" Well, yeah, right. but I think for the most part, you're going to be able to show me an example of everything. Right? Um, I, it's it's one of the things that you know they bring up is that this could have been a lot worse, and that's true. And it sucks to say, but this has to be a top priority for every school district in the country. Oh right God, now. yeah, just a top priority. It's no longer about like, well, it's Common Core of liberals, or should we be teaching cursive, or should the kids? I mean, at <laughs> what point is it? bulletproof glass on the windows i mean at what point is it that i mean i got to imagine we're approaching the, I mean, those conversations have already had to have been had i would yeah. imagine there's certain schools in this country that already have it i would think um if not bulletproof you know windows at least a lot of other precautions i know i've seen like those door stoppers that are like impossible to break down um you know there's that story going around right now where there's a company selling um bulletproof inserts for backpacks yeah so you put yeah, it in yeah. your backpack and some people are like well kids should never have to do this and i agree they shouldn't have to but like they shouldn't to worry about pedophiles either, but they do. But that's the truth, dude. Right. And you do, as a parent, I couldn't fault you at all for saying like, hey, you know, Timmy, here's your bulletproof board, and you hold this up, and you teach him how to use it. I this wouldn't blame you at all. This stuff scares me, man. And, you know, again, this is what happens, is that when you can put yourself a little closely to the situation, it changes, you know, it might change how you think on it. And, you know, anytime I hear this about anywhere, obviously it's sad and awful. But when it's near a school, I always think about it because my sister-in-law works in a school, my mom works in that same school, and my and my niece is in that same school. So you take three of my four remaining family members are all in one building at the same time for the same amount of hours right. every single weekday. So when I hear about this stuff, and again, it was Vegas where where we just had you know a, right. a, a mass shooter. And so it's like it, that stuff, it does, it starts to worry you. 
I um I said this about Vegas. I think I said it about Orlando. Um, there's you know a million other times I'm probably going to say this. I don't mean to say that their lives didn't matter or this story doesn't matter, but in the big picture, six months from now, this is all just going to be in our rearview mirror. Nothing will have changed. And I'm not saying like yo gun control, take away all the guns. I'm just saying there's not going to be anything of this. I you know sadly I have to say you're right. We've seen this in schools before. We've seen it in churches now. We've seen it in other things, and we're just we're not budging. For whatever reason, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, we're just staying kind of where we are right now. And so I would have to admit that you're probably right. As you say, churches, schools, all those different businesses, places, you know, and I mean, even what happened in Maslin the other day and in, in, in these, you know, just seemingly, well, in Vegas, a concert, right? Seemingly random acts of violence. I cannot believe our company has not put in more of a, hey, these are the procedures. Hey, this is a, the email from Bob Pittman. Hey, here's what you got to do. All right. <laughs> all right. Dude, what in the hell are you thinking? All right. Exposing that. Wow. Uh, so every hour on the program, you have a shot at $1,000. Your first one's coming after Fantone fired himself right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword bank to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's bank to 200-200. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. And we have a four-pack of Canton Charge tickets for their game on the 25th of this month. We'll pass those out here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need. Also coming up at 9 o'clock, we'll talk to Canton Charge player John Holland. And then after that interview, we'll get you hooked up with tickets for tonight's game. I'll be in attendance. Phantom will be your in-arena host this evening. Should be a good night out for the Canton Charge home opener. It's going to be a star-studded evening, dude. Honestly, I'm excited. Glad you're coming, too, man. Like I said all week, my boss, Andy, is so pumped to meet you, dude. Like, are you going to introduce me? Yeah, man. Sure. No, I don't want to meet Andy. Sure. No, I will absolutely don't crush the kid's dreams, dude. Don't don't destroy him. Oh right my god, now. is he younger than you? Oh yeah, like by like a decade, bro. He's like oh. he's like early to mid twenties, and uh, I mean he's great at his job. He's awesome at what he does. Like, and some people have a problem with that. Like, I can't I can't work for somebody that's younger than me. And it's like, well, it's not my uh, fault. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I get I get why some people get hung up on that. I just I work in an industry where I can't get hung up on that. Right. Like, I mean, there. I mean, once upon a time, I think the youngest program director at the time. When this guy got it, he was 19 and he was programming a legendary rock station in New York City. I mean, just welcome to radio. It's just the way it is. That logic of like, well, I could never respect someone younger than me. That means that literally everyone older than you is to be respected more than you are. And you know plenty of people older than you that are human pieces of garbage. Yeah, what up, mom? So it's like, I guess. I shouldn't do that. You should not. I should not do that. You love her. I do. I do indeed. Nice. So you know who else I love? Who's that? I grew up a huge Kiss fan. Really? And uh, really? <laughs> this all started, as a matter of fact, as we were kids and we were really not allowed to listen to the rock music no. so much because my father was a minister, right? And I remember my parents took us to the Holodome. You remember that place? Was that a thing? I don't, maybe it was probably, I don't know if it's still there or not. I think it's outside of Columbus. Okay. And it's like, it was like the best holiday in you oh, could okay, go to. Okay, okay, okay. Right? Yeah, the Holodome. It and had it, everything in there. Everything. Yeah. It was awesome. It All was right. like, and when you were a kid, it was like, this place is great, right? And they had an arcade. And in the arcade, they had a Kiss pinball machine. And I was still so young that I didn't know what was going on. I just knew when I put the when I put the quarters in it, it would play the stuff. And then, so my brother, like, they couldn't find me all day. And so then my brother's like, I found him. And, like, 
to get me to leave the machine, he was like, hey, he's like, don't tell mom and dad, but I got all the records, and when we get home, I'll like I'll play you everything, and we'll get you we'll get you all caught up on the Kiss, right? The and so like and that Satan's service, right? So there. that's how like my fandom for Kiss had started. The claws got into Stansberry, never let go. And I have the amount of money I spent on a Kiss collection. I, I mean, dude, it would blow you over. As a matter of fact, I plan on sending a lot of it home because a lot of it sits in Vegas where I'm going for Christmas. So Gene Simmons, no matter what you want to say about the guy, feel about him, and this and that, has been wildly successful. And I'll remind you that he's done that all the while while most of you think he sucks at what he does. I was going to say very successful with minimal talent. I mean... He's not the best musician. I wouldn't not. say I wouldn't say minimally talented, but he's not a talented musician per se. Yeah, I mean, you know, and there's... That's honestly, if anything, a little bit more impressive that you are able to... Take something that, like, there's a million people better than you at, and you're able to be successful at it, and they're not. There's, there's value. Like, there's, there's, like, it's impressive. I mean, Paul Stanley full-on admits in his book that he didn't really learn how to play the guitar until they were recording Hotter Than Hell, which was the third album. Like, he was like, dude, he's like, I didn't even really learn how to play the thing until the third album. But Gene Simmons is wildly popular, is... The brain behind a lot of bands that you don't know that he signed and put on other labels and did the Van Halen's the most famous story where he found Van Halen in a bar. And so he's come up with his 10 laws of power. All right. They start here. Do not succumb to flattery. He says flattery will blind us to someone's true attentions and to the truth itself. He says keep your eyes open. That is very good advice from Gene Simmons. I, I feel like, like that's absolutely true. Um, you know, you, you don't necessarily want to be like that person who can never take a compliment or never like, you know, appreciate somebody saying something nice. But yeah, when it comes to flattery, when it comes to, oh, you're so great, especially when you're in a powerful position like Gene Simmons, I'm sure that happens all the time. Somebody's just trying to get something. And you do need to be like concerned about that. It's one of these things where in this industry, it's definitely true. You can read what people write about you, but don't believe it. Don't believe the good and don't believe the bad. The truth lies somewhere in the middle of it. He says here also another rule or laws of power from Gene Simmons. When your enemy is executing a false moment, never interrupt him. Okay. This quote, which has been attributed to Napoleon, means that when spotting pitfalls that you yourself may fall into, you aren't obligated to warn your competition. No, the thing I'll say about this is... And once again, in Gene Simmons' life, there's probably application to this. Most people in life don't have enemies, don't have adversaries, don't have haters. I always say, you know 30 people, you don't have haters. Right, but, okay, I mean, yeah, if you're in a situation, maybe you're going for promotion and another guy's going for promotion, he keeps messing up his TPS reports, let that happen. Fair. All right. Number eight is, life is not fair and the world does not care about you. You hear this coming out of this microphone a lot, and it's because it's true. It says, we do not start on equal footing from birth. Unfairness, hardships, these are sources of pressure, and pressure turns coal into diamonds. And I know that that sounds like an easy thing for Gene Simmons to to tell you, but his family, I mean, dude, if you read his family's history and the migration from Israel to here and being you know persecuted because he didn't speak the language very well when he first moved here and then he became a sixth grade teacher, Gene's overcome a lot in his life, and so have I, and it's kind of why we're always telling you, suck it up. Yeah, I mean, uh, the world is not a fair place, and the sooner you recognize that and start changing your game plan, the better. You'll, yeah, you'll, I mean, you'll assimilate better to the situation. I think. Yeah, whether it's whether it's just whether whether it's just or not, I mean, that's the truth. Absolutely, it's a yeah, it's a brutal truth. 
Gene Simmons' laws of power, he says, also always keep moving. Even after you succeed, try, try again. If you're looking forward, this is a great quote. It's hard. If you're looking forward to retirement, you don't have a powerful enough goal in life. That is something I needed to read this morning. Because he's absolutely right about that. If you're pumped about putting your feet up, you're probably never going to get there. It's 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 hard because we all live these for the most part, you know, these mundane lives where it's like I'm just getting by. And once I do have some level of success, I bought a house, I've got a kid, you know, I got a promotion at work. It is. It's hard to set up and look at that next goal and kind of try to continue. Yeah, that you momentum. read something, you're like, oh, man, I just want to take a break for I, a minute. I, I think everybody falls. Every, that. Oh, my God. Hand fully raised. These are the Gene Simmons laws of power. Go where the power is. He says, you'll notice that successful people all seem to know one another. That's not accidental. They work out at the same gym. They belong to the same clubs. If you are noticing this, then his question is, why aren't you there? That's a good That's a good law of power there. Um, the problem with that is, at least somewhat, is that like, well, if I'm not noticing this... I can't be then, a part th- of it. Then I'm not right. Right. Like how am I supposed to I just can't I just can't start like showing up and like chilling with the mayor and like you know what I'm saying? Like I can't do that. Yeah, so somebody make me a member of Glenmore already. <laughs> the laws of power, according to Gene Simmons, speak well. Communication is key to power. The better you sound when you speak, the more you will enhance the perception of your power. Absolutely one hundred percent correct. I, I I always try to when I I mentor students at Project Rebuild in downtown Canton, and that's something I always hit them with is like communication is going to build relationships, and those relationships are going to build your life. And even if it's not who you really are, telling them what they want to hear is an important thing to do. And sometimes it's okay to you know slang it up, and sometimes it's okay to like speak the way you want to. Other Situations t- depict what you should do. Other times you have to adjust to your Shoot audience. Shoot dice, say homie. Right. Job interview? No. Uh, you have you have to. Adjust just to your audience you that's that's whether like i said whether it's just or not that's your responsibility welcome to life right another law of power according to gene simmons get more powerful friends show me your friends and i'll show you your future he says as you progress towards the person you want to become some of your old friends may not fit into your plan if you run with the herd that values power and success you are more likely to become powerful and successful this is 100 true i noticed this when i moved home from oregon i was kind of in a funk and I ended up moving in with my friend Jessica and her then fiance Jim. And I have always said since this, this I've become very good friends with him since then. And Jim was a phenomenal influence on me because he's one of these guys where he's constantly after it. Constantly, how do I make more money? How do I turn this into another opportunity for my business? How do I do this? And I ended up picking up some of those traits for him, and it absolutely has benefited me over the last few years. This is an absolutely true thing. Get more powerful friends. Another law of power. According to Gene Simmons, is dress for the power you want. Gentlemen, he says, don't wear your jeans midway down your ass. If you want to get ahead at work, dress like your boss. Dress like the person whose job you're after. This is advice I need to take. Is that sometimes because of when I work and what I do, I will allow myself to come into a professional building looking like a hobo, and I should not. I believe that this has probably led to some of the lack of respect that I get in this building. I believe that to be true. Another law of power. According to Gene Simmons, is accept Fantone that you will in fact fail. What doesn't kill us makes it stronger. Understanding this simple truth is what separates the powerful from the weak. Every time you step up to the plate and strike out, be ready to push harder. You've heard Michael Jordan talks about this a lot. Where, you know, I failed enough times to learn how to win and like that kind of thing and yeah, I mean, it's taking a loss and being able to bounce back is, you know, taking on the chin, move forward. It's an important part of life. Big one. 
It's a big one. The number one law of power, according to Gene Simmons, at least in the order he put them in. And I believe that this is probably true. Begin when you were young. When we are taught to pursue power from a young age, we become more confident, powerful, and reassured adults. Teach your kids to prepare for adulthood and to embrace power. Now, that sounds a little like harsh and like robbing a kid of their childhood. Okay, but I always say you can judge people by their kids because that's what my dad used to say to me. I'm going to be judged by you. So act right because of what my position in this community is, right? And so I, I believe in this a little bit. And say whatever you want about Gene Simmons, the devil and the demon, and he spits fire and blood, and you know what I mean? He's misogynistic and all these things, which right. are absolutely true, right? But if you look at his kids, Nick and Sophie, they're well-adjusted young adults. They've grown up multimillionaires their entire lives, and you don't ever hear about either one of them flipping a car or overdosing on drugs or doing something wrong. As a matter of fact, they both, if you look into them, have jobs and are both like searching out their own way in life. And so say whatever you want about Gene, but he's raised two really productive members of society. It, it's, it's, it's definitely... I don't want to say, like, you're right, there's a little bit of, you don't want to, like, teach your kids that, like, cutthroat is the way to be Now, they gotta, dude, you gotta let them jump on the playground. Right, but there is something about, and I don't know if it's, like, the pursuit of power, or if it's just, like, teaching your children that, like, your decisions matter, and you are able to positively impact a situation, and kids don't believe that. Most people wait until older in life, and I know this is true of me, where it's like, hey, I can do something about this. I can do, you know, more than just, you know, scrape by, and I think that's just hard for kids to wrap their heads around, especially if you're not from a situation where you have that advantage of a millionaire dad, where you have that, you know, it's like, well, to me, you know, as a kid living in Canton, it's like, dude, no matter what I do, it's going to... I'm here. It's effed. You know, the whole situation is effed, so it's hard to tell them, yo, make better decisions. It's true. You know, but a lot of that sounded like platitudes to me, but platitudes are platitudes for a reason, and stereotypes and, like, cliches are cliched for a reason, and, like, yeah, that's all good advice. I I can't argue with it. I can't believe he nailed it all the way up and down. Although I will say, as I'm singing the praises of Gene Simmons... Yeah. As the sexual harassment awakening continues in this country... Oh, it's coming. Oh, dude, I know. Like, dude, he just played a club I work at not that long ago, and a woman came from behind backstage and said, oh, he just walked up to me and grabbed me in the privates. Like, Gene Simmons is a man that is going to be taken down by the sexual harassment awakening in this country. Mark my words. And that's going to suck when I have to throw my copy of Destroyer out. That's going to break my heart. You've heard me bitch about this before, but I'm tired of you people and your protesting of things. I'm done. I'm now official, dude. I'm I'm officially worried about my livelihood, and so I've had enough. And you're getting sat down next on Rock 106. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We have Canton Charge tickets, a four pack actually for their game on the 25th. We'll pass those out here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need on those. Stick around, actually. 9 o'clock, we'll talk to Canton Charge player John Holland. He'll uh, be swinging by the studio. For their home opener, actually, is tonight. We'll get you hooked up with tonight's tickets after we talk to uh, John Holland there. Looking forward to doing that. I am... I have to try to remain calm during this. No, let it just rage, dude. Be I, that crockpot no, of anger. Want it. You love it. I, I, I mean, there will probably be a little anger that seeps out. Okay. okay? All right. But I want to try to remain calm here. But I'm getting fed up now with the I'm boycotting this. All right. Okay. I guess Sean Hannity 
is one of these like right wing guys. He's like kind of like you know yeah. what I mean, and he's like all in, like he's like fully on you know the Trump like train, like he's fully on it, right? Correct. And no matter what happens, he won't come off of it. And so apparently this is about this Roy Moore stuff that's happening. Like he he like refused to like admonish Roy Moore, and so then there were brands that had yanked their stuff off of his show, Keurig being the most notable. Worth noting that it's not just like, hey, the Roy Moore thing is Roy Moore was having sex with teenagers 30 years ago. You know what I mean? So as a as a brand, I understand why. It's, it's not just like, hey, I dislike your politics. Or he said this. Right. This is, I mean, this is serious allegations here. This That's all fair. Okay? I would agree. And for those of you that think we're too liberal, by the way, I could have spent the last three days jumping up and down on Roy Moore and chose not to. So let's stop with the you're too liberal and you're liberal, like, you know, take your libtard ass back to Cleveland. You can stop at those emails because I could have been jumping up and down on Roy Moore for three days and I haven't. Okay, so Keurig pulls their ads off of Hannity and welcome to advertising. This is what's going to happen. Yes. Right. And then now people that are Hannity supporters are now taking their Keurig machines and smashing them and recording videos of it. Guys, I'm just telling you right now, ultimately, your threat of boycotts have done very, very little to change things, and I'm tired of it. My life is completely and utterly funded by advertising dollars, and I'm sick and tired of the fact that we have given power to the powerless via social media, and then you want to hold it over our heads. You want to come to us for entertainment every day, and then the moment, I mean the instant, you hear one thing you disagree with, you threaten us with action. I'm over it. I'm tired of it. It's time for you to stop acting like children. You don't have to boycott everything. You don't have to be against everything. And you know what? I don't want to have to live in fear of whether or not I'm going to have electricity because you threaten not to buy things from certain places over things you don't like. Why can you not just not like something and not make it the rest of your day? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess you can make the point of, like, make the decision that, fine, Keurig is no longer for you, but to throw a temper tantrum and to break it and to, you know, and I, the, the the most famous of these videos or the one that was at least the most viral of it, this guy's like, dude, libtards hate when you break Keurig machines, retweet this to to offend a libtard. And what, it's like, eh, what are we Offend me? You, sh- you should be offended. You just cost yourself $200. You already gave the company your money. True. What, what did you do? Except for the fact that you're making yourself look stupid. And it's it's funny at this point because, like you said, this was all kind of about Roy Moore and what Sean Hannity had said. And uh, at this point, yesterday, um, Sean Hannity on his website was giving away Keurig machines in an effort to like kind of smooth that bridge over because Sean Hannity knows that, like, yo, I need advertisers on my like program. Like anybody else. And, and, and at this point, Sean Hannity has kind of retracted what he said about Roy Moore and is now on the side of, well, if the... You know, not even if these allegations are true, but there's enough credibility to these allegations. And if Roy Moore can't come out with a more concise uh, excuse, not excuse, but a more concise reason of why he didn't do this, he does need to step down. So in 24 hours time, Sean Hannity kind of switched his position. But in that 24 hours, countless people throwing Keurigs over their balcony. So I have all afternoon free. Right. Okay, right. so let me tell you what I'm going to start doing. What are you going to do? I'm going to start following you all around all day long with my cell phone. I'm going to record every wrong thing you do, and then I'm going to sit in the parking lot of where you work with a megaphone, and I'm going to boycott. 
I'm going to scream and yell about how you shouldn't get to do You guys have got to stop abusing this power that we have mistakenly given the universe. Um, I guess people will make the argument of a difference between a media member and a private citizen. You know what I'm saying? Why? I, 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 as I'm constantly hit over the head with, well, should it be this way? Should it be this way? And I'm constantly making fun of those arguments. This is my, well, should it be that way? Why is there a different standard for me than there is for you? Because you put yourself out. You work where my kid goes to school. You work where my kid goes to eat dinner. Why is it, why, why do why, what I say that you could turn off? What does that mean more than where somebody can negatively affect my life in other ways? This is just the argument to be made of you put yourself on a very public platform on public airwaves, and that's different than me living my there life is a as point a private there. citizen. I don't want to go crazy and like irrational. I'm not going to be angry. <laughs> I don't want. Well, I don't want to go irrational because there is a point to be made in right. that. All right, and, and I and I don't want to just and, deny facts. And, and, and I know there was, you know, and I think there's a point with what you're saying, but there's also going to be a counterpoint of, you know, you said like, well, I don't want the the, the powerless or the voiceless to have that power or that voice, and like this is the one way that people feel like they can their dollars, their their purchases. Yes, throwing a Keurig over the over the side of a gar, or of a rail, it's not going to help because you already spent that money. But like boycotting is at least some way that I, John Q. Public, can express my distaste for what you as a company did. It it also started out as a real way to enact change, and it's no longer that. Because once you start boycotting everything, then what are we really boycotting? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's a different... Like, I'll give you Rush Limbaugh as an example, right? Which he said something crazy yesterday that, you know, Roy Moore, back when he was doing this, he was a Democrat, as to allude to the fact that political parties, what makes you a sexual assault person, or, like, is sexually inappropriate. Like, guys, it crosses all party lines. It's sex. Stop with the... It's the politics we that did it. We gotta stop on that. We gotta stop pointing at the other side, saying, you know, you exclusively have all the perverts, because it's not true. They're but I, everywhere. I think, I think it was in 2009, Rush Limbaugh had said something pretty controversial, and... and like a ton of advertisers yanked off the air because people demanded it. Every single one of those advertisers is back with Rush Limbaugh today. And honestly, if I'm to guess, spending more money than they were before. This stuff doesn't work long term. These companies have figured this out. They will duck out for 90 days. And then in the dark of night, when you're not paying attention, they go right back to where they were before because you don't have it in you to stick this out. So the fact that you even start doing it is annoying. And as my livelihood is set on all this stuff, I live in fear every day. And I'm not sure that that's okay. Not over the fact that you get irritated. Like I always say, back in the day, you had to get off work, go home, write a letter, put a stamp on it, mail it. Therefore, we would at least read it and be like, all right, well, dude, think about what they had to go through to get this message here. Tweeting at my boss 20 seconds after you hear something is very different than that. Your first thought on anything is very rarely your last thought on it. And I just want you to think about that. Stop breaking machines in the streets and all this stuff. You just look ridiculous. We have a four-pack of Canton Charge tickets for the 25th. Let's give you those right now. Caller 17, 1-800-243-7625 on those. And $1,000 up for grabs next on Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Minutes away now from getting you hooked up with $1,000. We do it every hour. Your next opportunity coming up at 810. Before the break, we were talking about this uh, Sean Hannity boycott. People were like smashing their Keurigs on the ground because Keurig decided to yank off his program, which, by the way, is their right to do whenever they feel like it. Sure. Okay. Just like any advertiser of this show, dude, whenever they feel like, you know what, this is no longer the vehicle I want to use, then they're going to go. And as as members of the media, as people who get paid to do that, we know what we signed up for. I I mean, I'm not going to... 
like it when that happens, but at the same time, that is going to happen. Yeah, you know I, mean, I mean, we, we, you do this long enough, you've lost enough big clients, and they people come back, and you kind of go back and forth, where it's like it all kind of hopefully will work out in the end if you're good enough at what you do. But a listener of ours and a guy that we both know personally, um, who I would consider to be a friend, has reached out and kind of exposed, I guess, what might be a little hypocrisy here on my side. Okay. All right. He says, "Now stay with me." He was like, "As you're, you know, you're kind of up on your hill, kind of bitching about boycotts." Right. All right. Now he works for the local cable company here. All right. And he's like, "How about you cutting the cord? You've been bragging about it, and technically that's my paycheck. It's not really a boycott," he says, "but I can connect those dots." And Stansbury has been bragging. About and it. <laughs> I will say that, yeah, there's a little bit of like you just quit smoking smugness on the cutting of the cord. And I don't know why I've read not a single one book. I'm a reborn Christian. Right. I'm, I'm doing CrossFit. I'm a vegan right now. I'm a cord cutter. Oh, good for you. Okay. <laughs> right. And he says, but as somebody who has a lot of eyes. And ears on your product, bragging yeah. about doing that could potentially hurt my job. And I, so I said to him, I was like, you're right about that, okay? But I don't think dieting is boycotting the fast food industry. It's making a decision that you think is better for your life. And I don't think, like, I made a financial decision. It was not ideological. It was not ideology that made me go, you know what? I don't like what cable is showing me. This isn't, this isn't appropriate for society. I'm done with you. Yeah. This was a, I needed to make my rent. And I also pointed out that, you know, your company has made it impossible for me to get, to go on without you completely because I still have to pay them for cable access or uh, internet access every month. Yeah. I mean, you- okay. So there's a little bit there. So it's not your company. It's not like I'm like this place is evil you're not getting my money or this place doesn't agree with me so you're not getting my money i just made a financial decision yeah, is all i did deciding deciding not to do something is different than boycotting which there by is, the way I mean, we're in talks with me to endorse that company pretty soon so my guess is, my, my guess is cable's coming back into my house very soon i was gonna say or maybe your boy's gonna get some love I, uh, over here at stansbury just talking garbage about it all day not garbage oh. i was asked i was asked to attend those <laughs> meetings i will be attending those meetings and so that that may end up happening now he brings up a halfway decent point here but it, again, it's not necessarily a boycott. It, this, it, the difference is this isn't do what I want or I'm not giving you my money. There's a difference between not uh, buying a product anymore, not using a product anymore. What happened yesterday with Sean Hannity and the boycotts of the NFL and the Keurig and, and, and I'm boycotting Ford and now I'm going to boycott this and, and, and the, the Montgomery bus boycotts. Those are all three fundamentally different things with different points to them. Right. So I, 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 take, I take what he's trying to say there and there is a little bit of point, but it's not the same thing. I, I, th- I think it's different. I think people can make a decision to not use a product or service for a different reason. It's not funny. It's too expensive. A million different things. I think there's a very big difference between that and threatening, like, I'm going to make this go viral because if you don't do this, we're not using your coffee machines. Holding a company hostage... I think is very different than just choosing not to use it. Yeah, you you haven't necessarily called for others to follow your no. action here. As it's, a matter of fact, I got to imagine most of you would be really, really bored without cable because honestly, it has been kind of boring. And that's what I was going to say. Is it's it, been kind of boring. It's not like it's this was this happened two weeks ago and there's a little bit of you I know that's like... Like, dude, snow hasn't even happened. Like, I could... Uh, dude, I still got... They told you... They told me when I canceled, bring the box and the remote and I was like, well, let's hold see. On, well, let's, hold on, hold on. Well, let's just see, because dude, all I got to do is call. They flick the switch back on, and right. there comes cable. And I very much, I, I could absolutely end up doing that. 
I, 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 I know what he's trying to say, but you can't necessarily. Well, what I did does negatively, it does negatively affect his bottom line. For sure it does. Um, have I stopped going to McDonald's? Does that negatively affect Well, en- if enough people, and he's right, I do have influence. Like, let's make no mistake. I obviously have influence. That's why company using me to say, hey, this is Stansberry 4. It's because I have a powerful influence. There's a difference between an individual making a decision to no longer, and even if this was like, hey, I no longer want to use Keurig because of what happened with Sean Hannity and then throwing a temper tantrum saying that you're doing a boycott. Those are wildly those different are, things. Those are, those are different things. That's there. the best example of what we're trying to talk about right there. And it just happens to come right as we're supposed to give you this $1,000. So here's that. Nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. And if you're a Stone Temple Pilots fan, you want to head over there because they have announced their new lead singer. And we got a little video up for you so you can hear him. His name's Jeff Gutt. I believe he was an X Factor contestant once okay. upon a time. And he was in a music group called Dry Cell from 1998 to 2009. Now, I don't know a single thing about Jeff Gutt or Gooch, depending on how you pronounce it. But let me just tell you. So I posted this at WRQK.com, and then we already put it up at Facebook.com slash Stansbury Show, and people already trashing it. Oh, if it's not Scott Weiland, it sucks. If it's not Scott Weiland, it sucks. And it's like, guys, let me tell you, I'm so thankful you guys didn't have Twitter and Facebook when ACDC was going through this. Yeah. Because Brian Johnson ended up coming into that band and being, I don't... I don't want to be sacrilegious here, but so I won't say better, but on par with Bon Scott. I would say probably more successful, right? I, well, uh, most of the hits come from the at post Bon oh, Scott, dude, right? Back in Black was so good. People yeah. still think that's a greatest hits record, and it's not. Yeah, I would, I would, I, I mean, would have to say more successful. It's also one of those things where if I, I honestly, a lot of people who like ACDC, I could play you Bon Scott or Brian Johnson, well, and you wouldn't know who well, was who. Well, well, well. A lot of times, that's true too. So, man, I'm glad ACDC didn't have to do this and we didn't get their most you know, successful record of all time because of you're just quick to hate on stuff. There's a little bit of By me. the way, this is what killed Chester Bennington, by the way. Making fun of him. Saying his record sucked. Remember that? Yeah, I mean. Please quit making fun of the record. And then, what, a month later, the guy kills himself? Um, I, I will say there's sometimes in life I feel like there's a natural break point, and I don't think Stone Temple Pilots is necessarily such an important band and such a great band that they have to keep continuing dead singer after dead singer after dead singer. At some point, let it be a dead band. Go create a new, you know, super group and get one of those guys. But yes, I mean, it's their band. If they want to keep doing it with, with Jeff Gutt or whatever this guy's name is, go ahead and do it. Well... Not only that, but the DeLeo brothers were the brains behind Stone Temple Pilots. You're, people are making the mistake of looking at the front man and thinking he was all of it. And I would admit that Scott Weiland had a, had a unique form of charisma and that he was a very good front man in the sec that you couldn't take your eyes off of him, and he did. He kind of overtook the band and was like the thing you cared about. Yeah, and he owned, uh, he did. He owned that band. He was that band, for me at least, in my, in my yeah, like, Stone Temple Pilots I would agree. Days, I'd he, be you know, lying if I denied that. But I think, honestly, you got to let things... Remember, th- these are the same people that told me Axl Rose for ACDC was going to be awful. And then sure enough, he stepped in and he nailed it. Killed it. And I was the first one out there going, dude, Axel, dude, I'm telling you, grew up singing ACDC songs, but before Guns N' Roses was the thing, he knows this catalog. Would STP have done better to uh, bring in a name as no. opposed to Jeff Gutt or whatever? You did that is. already. Yeah. I think if you get a guy who sounds close to Scott Weiland and he can belt out the hits, you're going to do just fine. Fair. 
I think a, a big name may overshadow it. That's just me. But, man, am I thankful you guys didn't have Twitter when Back in Black was coming out because the label might have been like, oh, I don't know, maybe we're not going to do this. Maybe, maybe, maybe nobody cares about this band. The only person that mattered died. And where would where would Rock 106.9 be without Back in Black, dude? Like, literally, like, what would we be doing right now, man? We'd have no idea. Well, we'd sound more like my 1017. This radio station. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. But man, just like you haven't even heard it yet, but you're you're for sure it sucks. Got it. So we did this th- the other morning on the show. We talked about a mouth guard that's coming into high school football. It's going to cost about a hundred bucks, but it's going to be able to detect concussions as they're happening. Right. And so we started talking about like what it costs for kids to play sports. And I think eh, this is this is ideally, and we don't live in an ideal world that. You should not have to pay for your kids to play sports, but you're going to. We know it. It's never going back to where you don't have to do it. It's another revenue stream, and it's a way to keep these programs open, and so you're just going to have to pay. Well, without you know, without you coming out of your paycheck and without you being the one who's going to cough up that money, this is all going into like general you know, fund there of like, all right, should taxpayers be the one who necessarily have to pick up? You know, and I'm sure right. at the end of the day, I mean, if you're, if you're paying for a school levy, you're paying for it anyway, but yeah, I mean... People who pay for school levies care more. More about books than they do about football. You helmets. look at you look at, at at the financial situation so many schools are in. You have very little other option. It's either we're going to pay for it or we're not going to have a football team. A recent survey found that sixty three percent of parents spend between one hundred and five hundred dollars a month per child per kid on each sport they play. Jeez, I thought you were going to be like five hundred dollars a month just to have that child. And I was gonna be like, all right, well that's probably about what it costs, but just to go play. Twenty percent of parents spend more than a thousand dollars a month per athlete. They say here the expenses add up fast between fees, travel costs, equipment, and more, especially for her daughter, who is an elite gymnast. This is this woman out of Cincinnati saying this. Dude, that's a ton of money. Yeah, and as your kid gets better and gets older and is is more into that sport, once they decide, like, all right, peewee football was fun, but I really want to focus on baseball, at that point you are going to be like, all right, well, better bats, better this, better that. You know, let's send you to a hitting camp. Let's send you, you know, all those different things, and that is going to add up. So let's crunch some numbers. All right. $500 $500 a month on your child's sport for 12 years is $72,000 a year. Jeez. Or $72,000, not a year, but Jeez. 72 grand. 72,000. Think about that. If you put $500, think, just think about that, America. If you put $500 a month away in your savings account for 12 years, you'd have almost $80,000. It's impressive. If instead you invested that $72,000 in 20 years, assuming a 7% return, it could mean $278,000 for retirement. And so these people are starting to make the argument that maybe we shouldn't be pushing our kids towards this many sports to be competitive and the like, that we start teaching them about this money and putting it away and showing them a more responsible way to live. Now, that all sounds good in theory, but here's why it won't work in the end. Because extracurricular activities look fantastic on college applications. Well, how much money am I going to be spending for my kid to go to college? I just spent $72,000 on them. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. to, to get them to this level, now i got to spend another sixty grand to send them to college so that they can they can dr- drop out. And, and, and You know what I mean? Like, wh- At what point do we cut, cut, you know, turn off the faucet? Now, a lot of you might be thinking, well, this is why we keep my kids hyper-defined in one sport. Okay, they say here doctors who uh, they say who specialize kids who specialize in one sport year round are seventy percent more likely to suffer an injury. They say give kids an off season and it could save yourself money 
also on the medical care. Yeah, I've I've heard both sides of this argument before where it's like make your kid pick one sport and stick to that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that like it's going to turn into a better situation. I know a lot of people, a lot of like uh, college recruiters stuff like that want rounded, you know, you have different coaches, you get different experiences, you've played different sports, you've 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 used your body in different ways. So I don't know if that's it's a double-sided coin there. $72,000 you can spend over 12 years at $500 a month. And honestly, as Michelle's writing in telling me, she's like, you should see how much travel baseball costs. It's $1,000 plus a fee, a $500 bat every season, uniforms, cleats, and a mat. Yeah, she's got boys, I'm assuming here. And so if you got boys, a mat, do you remember you and I growing up? Your feet grow so fast, your parents got to put new $100 oh, yeah. cleats on you. Oh, yeah. I mean, you played a bunch of sports. Yeah, and it's, it's definitely one of those things that you are going to have to budget for that you're going to have to plan for and like dude i mean the more and more i hear these stories about like hey this is how much it costs to have a kid and this is how much a pregnancy costs and this is much and it's like god dude i want kids but i don't want these bills dude i don't i i, I don't know how i would do it like it, no i always make it about the grocery store but you're right now i didn't even think about stuff like this now keith is telling me it's not about college applications although i totally think it is if your kid's hyper defined in one sport and you're setting them to like camps outside of just playing for the school you're trying to get your kid into a good college and you're trying to get a scholarship right that is what primarily what those parents are trying to do. He says it's about keeping them straight lined and off the streets, and sure. it helps build character. Sure. Yeah, sometimes, but it's also the football field where I'm hearing about guys sticking brooms up other kids' asses and duct taping them up and raping kids and like the hazing and all that stuff. So where's the character in that? Um, yeah, I mean, you can definitely point to both sides of this, but I think as a whole, being involved in stuff is going to be better for you as an individual as opposed to Let not. Let me ask you something. As somebody who's, a, who's, who's done both, do you think playing high school sports helps or hurts kids, keep kids off of drugs? Um, I, I, I mean, Varsity Blues didn't come out of nowhere. No, 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 no. And I mean, how many times do we have to hear stories of, you know, Josh Gordon, yeah, coaches would help me pass drug tests and right. all those different things. But no, I think... I'm I, not sure sports helps keep your kids I, off drugs. I, I think as a whole it does. I, I mean... Really? Yes, I can point to other I can point to other exceptions. I maybe, hope that's true. Maybe the higher up the ladder you go, probably the harder it is to really keep that integrity. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, as you get into uh, a Division One college who's got millions of dollars on the line, of course the integrity is going to kind of fall apart. But I think as a whole, if I've got a seventh grader, if I've got a sixth grader, seventh grader, eighth grader, and they're going to either play sports or not, I'm going to think playing sports keeps them out of trouble just because you have less less free time. You have a positive male role model. You, yeah, you know, you have. But you're also more popular and the more popular kids are always in the more trouble. Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like degenerates and like and outcasts have found their way into plenty of trouble. Oh, I always felt like that was a, like a stereotype that was overblown, and yet in my maybe this is my high school experience, right? But any and dude, any kid in my high school with a Letterman jacket was doing drugs. Like my, I remember the quarterback of my high school football team, dude. He got busted, and he was like, "Dude, I smoke weed before every single game, and I've been great all year." But so were the burnout. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I guess that's just that age range of like, well, yeah, you're going to be smoking weed and acting irresponsibly as you're a teenager. Well, that's what I'm that's- saying. I'm not sure sports then divert that. I now look. If I had kids, I would want them playing sports. I would want them in other things outside of just being in school because I believe my dad was right. Idle hands. Right. I do agree with that. I, I absolutely do agree with that. It's just I'm wondering if the numbers actually stack that out. You know, Michelle brings up the point of you've got this fee, you've got this, you know, right out of the gate, you're buying bats, you're buying all this stuff. And then you think about th- that. Then you got to factor in, like, if your kid's on a travel baseball team, you're going, you know, up the to time. Mogador. You're right. The time is involved in that. The, and the gas. Games, and, the, and the driving them to practice. Oh. 
oh. this back and forth. And I mean, dude, honestly, like, I don't know how you guys do it. Parents, I just don't understand, like, how you are able to pull this all together. When I was in Oregon, I was loosely seeing, and I mean loosely seeing this this, this woman. Loosely woman. <laughs> this, this, this woman. Okay. And let's be nicer to her than that, please. Of course, of course, and, of course. I have no idea who this woman is or what her, what her history and is. And she had, she had a daughter in high school who was like a soccer star, all like right. a legit star. And so she was constantly... Every weekend it was like, well, she's like, I'm sorry, I can't do this. We got to go up to Tonopah and we got to like sit there for 10 hours. And my kid's got six games right. on Saturday. And I'm just like, Jesus. And, and inevitably when you're doing that, you know, you are, you are, I don't want to say like kind of adopting other kids, but those teammates of your kids, they're going to end up. Oh, she you're feeds. Buying- you're buying treats. You're buying like oh, after she game fed snacks. All you're those come kids. over for right, and it's I mean, just they were additional co- money. There like, was always like six or twelve of them sleeping on the living room floor when we were trying to Netflix and not chill and like do all that. Like there was constantly that stuff going on. Seventy two thousand dollars over twelve years for your kids to play sports. A lot of money. Dear God, is that a ton of money, man? We have Candlebox tickets. They're playing the Hard Rock Roxino January 27th. You're getting in right now if you're caller 20 at 1-800-243-7625 on those. And we have figured out why I'm fat. We'll get through that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online for WRQK.com. Coming up at 9 o'clock, we'll talk to John Holland, Canton Charge player, about the home opener this evening. And then we'll get you into that game as well. So uh, before the break, we were talking about parents spending a ton of money on their kids playing sports. My friend Serene wrote in. Let me know. She texted me, as a matter of fact. Right. She says, I've spent 40 grand easy, Stansberry. What? $40,000? She goes, I've spent 40 grand easy. The gym fees were more Uh, than my mortgage. Oh, my God. And she says, as a parent, I'm realistic. She's like, I realized one of my kids had tried marijuana, and one of the first times he had done it was with the traveling teams. Kind of leading to my point that I'm not sure... Sports keep your kids off of drugs. I'm not sure much can do that, but like, you know, I, I know that used to be the theory in America. I'm not sure that that's true. So listen to this. She goes on to say the girls were elite gymnasts for over tw- for years, twenty plus hours a week in the gym, and then one of the other daughters did uh, like volleyball, and a hundred bucks for cleats is a deal. High school okay to pay to play. Fees were six fifty a student. I feel bad for those who can't afford it. Her and her husband both have really good jobs. She's like, but she's like, it's. It's out of hand. She's like, they are pricing kids out of being able to play. Uh, Number one, I I don't think there's a better commercial for a vasectomy or for birth control than what we just talked about right there, dude. I mean, good grief. Fair enough. Um, She's got good kids. And you got to think, too, like, we're talking from a sports perspective, but there's a million different things that kids are involved in, and I'm sure it's all just as expensive. Oh, I would imagine now, yeah. Like, if you're in drama club, you probably got to pay for all that kind of stuff now, right? Dude. dude, my brother says it to me all the time. He was like, look, he's like, you're a little negative on the family you know, establishment in America. He's like, but you're right, Dan. He's like, your industry does not pay enough money for you to raise kids in America. It just doesn't. I'm just going to start wearing a condom all the time. <laughs> dude, just put it on and just leave it on, dude. Nice. God. Nice. Do not share pictures of that. No, no, <laughs> nope. Not going to Harvey Weinstein that one. Not going to Louis no, C.K. Uh, it, dude. Don't no, worry. No, no, no doing that. Yeah, you asked me before you masturbate in here, buddy. <laughs> okay, all right, a little permission granted. There. And don't block the door. All right. <laughs> all right. Don't be blocking the door. So they've done a study now. This happened over five years where they followed 1,000 people. They gave them a health you know, assessment at the beginning right. and then at the end. Right. They started their diet, their, like, um, their medicine, and they, like, you know, their exercise habits and all this stuff. 
And what they have found is that there is something that leads to obesity and heart disease, and it's not just what you eat, but it's how you eat. They say the faster you eat, the more weight you are going to gain, the higher your blood pressure will be, the better chance at diabetes you will have than compared to people who eat at a normal speed. <laughs> now, we're both giggling right now. Number one, because we're both fast eaters, but more so. Dude. Yeah, Fanton, I got to be honest with you. Yeah. If you worked on any other show, you would be like the fast, like what the hell's going on over there eating. Right, right. You just, ha- but, you just happen but. to work. You just happen to work on Sesame Street. <laughs> I, I would say I'm a fast. And I'm in the garbage can. I, I would say I'm a fast eater. You're an aggressive eater. Like you, you like, you like. Uh, I, I UFC it. You do. Like you ground and pound a turkey sub, dude. It's amazing to watch sometimes. It's also a little bit like off putting as well. So they say here, and I know this to be true. And I do this in my life. And I don't know why. Normally, fast eaters come from big families where you had to like eat before everybody right, took right, everything right, that right, was right. on the table. Now, at my grandparents' house, that was kind of true. I think they had like 22 grandchildren. So like when we would do family dinner over there and that kind of stuff, that was kind of true. But in my house, it was me, my brother, my mom, and my dad, four people. It really wasn't like that. The lasagna was big enough. And you know what I mean? Yeah. E- you even could, though you we were some. poor, my, my parents always had enough dinner for the, us two boys, right? Okay. Um. And so, like, normally that's where that kind of stuff... So, I don't know. And, I, dude, I never spent a lot of time in jail because I got a buddy who was done, who did, like, five years in jail. And to this day, oh, he'll, yeah. like, hunch over his food in a restaurant. And it's like he just kind of, like, has his fork and he's just kind of mowing through it. Looking around. Looking around. Sure nobody's going to steal his yeah. food cup, right? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And so you could tell. It's like, okay, that's obviously a jail thing that, that you just haven't, like, reassimilated back to the, you know, the real life yet. And so what they say here, Fantone, and I know this to be true in my personal life, is that the faster you eat, the less full you get as you should be going on. If you don't allow things to satiate, if you don't take, you know, take yeah. your time, you don't get full as fast that way. And so what you end up doing is cramming more food into your mouth and you end up overeating. Yeah, I, I can totally see that happening. I mean, if you eat a cheeseburger slowly, there's going to be all right, like, hey, it's in my stomach. I feel it now. But if you're just like wolfing it down in three bites, then, yeah, of course, it's going to feel like you only had three bites of a cheeseburger right. as opposed to like a whole cheeseburger. And they say like the, the smaller bites, slower you eat, the more flavor you get, the more times you get to taste it. And so therefore you're less likely to eat more throughout the day because you, you actually took your time with it. Like I once had a, a personal trainer and I wish I had one now, but I once had a personal trainer and I ended up losing like some, like 50 some pounds looked great when I had this guy. Right. And his big thing with me was slow down on how you eat. Mark down everything you eat, but his real big thing was is America has got to stop eating in front of the television. He's like, because what you're doing there is is like eating is part of all your senses. Scent, yeah. you know, taste, feel, all that stuff, right? right? Where TV takes one of those big ones away from you. And you're not noticing what you're eating anymore. You're just kind of shoving it in your face as you're watching TV. So you're not noticing. And, really, and before you know it, you've shoved two portions worth of food in your face before you've even realized you've taken a bite. Yeah, I mean, I know you're not sitting down around the dinner table and eating chips. But like, if you put me in a situation where I'm just eating chips, I'm going to eat considerably less versus when I'm watching a football game eating chips. Absolutely. No, there's, there's no doubt about that. Um, I, I think that, you know, 
most people probably would do better. I know that, you know, you mentioned chewing and like eating and like consciously, like, you know, you get more flavor, you get more stuff. It, 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 I'm sure it's better for your digestive system. Oh, I'm yeah, sh- they I'm, get into that. Here, I'm yeah. sure there's more nutrition that you can absorb because you take the time to actually like chew your food. But I don't know, man. I, I, I feel like it's almost at this point such an ingrained behavior in who we are and what we do is like, chew, 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 get it out of here. Oh, I'm going on to the next one. I don't think we're changing it. No, no, no. And I don't think you'll get people to stop eating in front of the television either. Even Although when we were kids, we weren't allowed to do that much. Weren't allowed to? No, I mean, occasionally here and there. But my parents were a little bit more. I mean, do you guys remember my dad was the say prayers at the yeah, dinner table yeah, guy yeah. and like that kind of thing. So I'm probably, I mean, family time when I was younger, I don't think my parents were at this point. They were just like, shut up and eat pizza rolls. I don't care if you want to watch wrestling, you idiot. Just, just shut up. But at this point, me and my girlfriend, we probably have dinner around the table four times minimum out of the week. I mean, like, and sometimes it's like, well, yo, we just can't eat steak in front of the TV. It's, you know, an impractical right. thing to do. But I'd say more likely than not, we both kind of say like, hey, let's go sit down as opposed to just like, you know, watching episodes or reruns of Seinfeld. Okay, that's fair. I, uh, you know, I, again, I, um, I have been eating in front of the TV a lot less lately. You live alone. It's probably hard, dude. You know what I mean? Like, why not go sit in front of the TV? Yeah, I, uh, you're, you're right. That's how that happened. I've been making a little bit of a concerted effort lately not to do it to, to see if I can enjoy things more to maybe if I can eat less. I've been back on this train now two days. It's only been two days. Two days. And, and I feel like, God, I just want to eat everything in sight. <laughs> Elaine and Dwayne both write in and say um, military members also eat very, very fast. For some, sure. re- there, there's a there's a reason you, that that goes into you, that. You probably don't have a lot of time when you're you know yeah. in the middle of a sandstorm and you got you know you, you, you've got enemy fighters coming in. Yeah, dude, you got to suck that Would, down. Wouldn't have thought about that, but right. yeah, absolutely. I bet that group of people eats absolutely fast. We will talk to uh, Canton Charge player John Holland and also get you uh, hooked up with some charge tickets and also a thousand dollars up for grabs next on Rock 106.9. Good morning, the Stansberry Show or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're also online, WRQK.com. Missed yesterday's show. That was stupid. You can podcast it at WRQK.com. We also just spent a few minutes there because we're joined in studio now by Canton Charge player John Holland, and I showed him the video, Fantone, uh, that we posted uh, as about a month ago where those idiots in that frat were chugging beer out of the deer carcass. Jeez. And John was like, dude, that's gross. Why are you showing this to me? It's like, dude, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. I got a play tonight, and you're showing me this. Yeah, you did not care for that, huh? No, I couldn't even watch that. <laughs> we uh, He dipped out of that. If you haven't seen that video, it's online, WRQK.com. John Holland joining us now in studio, and the season's about a week old, but now tonight you start the, uh, you start the at-home portion, the at-home campaign. I heard, uh, my good friend, that you put up 43 the other night in a game. Yeah, yeah. Good I'm game. telling you, dude, you might be MVP. Well, dude, I think that's a distinct possibility <laughs> right there. <laughs> of that game, at least. We got the win. That's all that matters. See, but, I like it. That's the right mentality to have right there. But it was nice to score 43. I bet it was. When, when you're out there and you're hot like that and you're just, everything's going in, is that like a conscious decision and you know that like, hey, I'm hot, I got to keep shooting? Or is it you just go in the moment and kind of let it happen? Well, yeah, that game I wanted to keep shooting. Right. Sure. <laughs> yeah, but also like you just play the game. You, you take what the game gives you. Okay, uh, like I was curious. All right, so you went off that night. That's a pretty big night for you. Do you it, does something happen during the day, or maybe right before tip off, where you kind of feel like, oh, I might be in the zone today, or is it not until you hit the court and just shots start going in, and you're like, oh, okay, now I kind of have it. No idea. No, no idea. idea. I didn't feel 
didn't feel it di- different. Just went out there and did what you Normal. did. Ended Normal. up scoring forty three. Do you it's feel impressive. like do you feel like it's a thing of necessity, or do you feel like it's you know you, you just have that moment and you just you you just roll? Maybe it's a little bit of both. Like I know London went down, so oh yeah, is he going to be guys back have tonight? To step up. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Game I'm time decision. Sure. All right. All right. Yeah, we're seeing the hand wave from the PR guy. Like, I don't know about that one. Not sure on that one. I was curious about that, John Holland, because this is a performance job just like, you know, basketball. A little different, obviously. No athletics involved with this, thank the dear Lord. But it is performance-based. And I can tell you there there are days where I wake up and I'm a little bit more confident and I feel like, oh, my God, we're going to kill it today. And then there are days where I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want to go in there and I don't want to do it. And then things maybe not are so are, are so great. So it was interesting to hear that you, you say it's just like you just start playing the game and it just no comes. Yeah, honestly, it was an early game. We just played two days before, a day before. So wow, and we had to travel all the the off days. So right. it was a it's kind of a rough game. It was an early game, so these things you can't tell. Well, that's a. I mean, no better time to have it. So I, I, we would obviously love to see you go off tonight. As obviously the home opener kicks off tonight at the Canton Civic Center. Uh, the charge season, uh, well, the home portion underway this evening. We're going to get you guys hooked up with some uh, uh, with some tickets here momentarily. I'll be at the game. Fantone's actually your in arena host. He'll be doing some stuff. T shirt cannon, I would imagine. Or oh, some, dude, just blowing so, it off, man. <laughs> something like everyone's something getting a T shirt. Like so, uh, do you feel like the team's starting to meld together well enough right now, or uh, like what, uh, what's going on with the charge unit? I do. I think uh, from our first game. To now, it's night and day. Night and day. Night and day. Well, I like hearing that. I feel like everybody's coming together. Everybody's playing well, who, and hopefully, we can start this streak. Who do you who do you credit for that? Is that a coach thing? Is that a player thing? Who who who's the person who kind of not one individual, but like how do you guys find that you know cohesiveness? I think it's everything. Everybody. Okay. I, obviously, we hadn't been together that long before. It's only it was only maybe three weeks. Right, from between training camp between, and when yeah. it actually starts, right. So, you know, that's not that long a time not at for all. a team to, to try To build chemistry, yeah. it's not that long at all. And actually, that's what I find very unique about the G League, is that guys can be signed to 10-day NBA contracts, guys kind of come and go, and so you guys are like kind of rotating, or can, and... Building chemistry like that can be a very difficult thing, and so when you see teams that can do it, it is impressive. Honestly, that's probably the hardest thing about the G League because you have so many moving parts. Right. You don't know who you're passing the ball to tomorrow, the right? Team, the team that you start the year with is going to look completely different than the team you end the year. Yeah, with. that's that that's strange. It's it's one of the it's one of the what do I want to say blessings and the curses of the G League. And as as I've been a Charge fan over the past couple of years and watched it, you get guys who are capable of going out there and impacting games, and you're like, damn, dude, he is so good. And, and then you know, kiss him goodbye. You know, it's like, dude, he's gone. Like there's yeah. it, 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 it's 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 like uh, I don't know. It's it's it, it's bittersweet in the sense of and like I'll always point to uh, you know uh, Queen Cook from last year is one of those guys who you know he's no longer on the Canton Charge. But just because of what he did here, I'll always follow his career. I'll always view him. I, as like, me too. You know, yeah, I like as him. One of now. Those guys that I root for, but it just sucks when it's like, all right, see you later, dude. Now, John, we were talking about this earlier this morning, actually, on the program that we like the G League because I think the NBA overall right now has a problem. I think the Warriors are great. I think the Cavs are damn good. The Celtics look like they would have been a little bit better with Gordon Hayward, but outside of that, we're, it starts to drop off. I think the teams that are good are f- so far separated from the teams that are bad, and I think that maybe that the one-and-done system that college had done has probably hurt that. And with the G League now, you're putting guys in professional sport environments, in professional schemes, and I think it's ultimately going to make the product 
for both your league and the NBA where you hope to go a better product in the end. I, I think that's the goal. That obviously, obviously would be the goal yeah. for Gatorade, I would imagine. Yeah, and and for the NBA to try and sure. build the talent and try to nurture players that game. you see talent in, but instead of taking them from Kentucky and then throwing them into an NBA franchise where it's like dude, the guy played in 36 games, like he might not be ready for an NBA schedule. I think this helps make the product in the end better. I think you might see even the NFL go to this model down the road is because college is only giving you about what one college quarterback a year. And that's not going to be enough to continue those leagues. Yeah. I mean, I have a, I have a weird theory on that. NFL, okay. Like, I don't even think the NFL is going to be around. Wow. Really? In a kind of want to hear this. I kind of want to hear this theory. John Hall. In about 25, 30 years, I don't even think the NFL is going to be around. Within our lifetime, NFL's done. What's your what's your thoughts? Yeah, yeah what, what's the reason behind that sport well, going on? I think away? with CTE and all the the bad publicity, people are stopping. They're not putting their kids into That is true. We've seen drop off in in, oh, in Ohio. Is a football it state. is yeah, and it's probably gonna be so for a while. Right. But I think the more and more that comes out, the NFL is not gonna look the well, same. And here's why years. I think you may be right. We're talking to John Holland from the Canton Charge. Here's why I think you might be right, John, is that I think football may go through what baseball went through, which is it's an expensive sport to pick up as a kid, and you need other players. And what a lot of basketball families have said is, is that it's an inner city sport. You can play it solo, but you can play it by yourself until you find, you know, other kids to play with. And all you need is a ball and a hoop. Where football, you need pads, you need a field, you need a ball, you need helmets. It can be very expensive. Where for $25 at Kmart, Walmart, wherever, you get a ball and then you go to your local park and you start hooping. I think more kids have access to basketball. And honestly, I think the NBA is going to. Surpass the NFL in popularity. At some point. You think so? At some point, I, I'm I'm an NBA fan, dude. I love the NBA. Always have since I was a kid. And <sighs> That's a bold statement. Well, there. and now the, the thing is though is that we're talking about NFL, which is exclusively an American product, primarily. And I know they're doing London. I know they're doing Mexico City. Yeah, but, but it's an American. But sport. that's a desperate pass from them. That's a hail mary from them. NBA and is more global. Establish itself in China, which is essentially the biggest market on the face of the planet. Fair point. So, so NBA definitely has room to grow, and I think that NBA There's European leagues that are viable. Right, right. All that I, stuff. I think MLB. I think you know the hockey. Ceiling. Hockey, NASCAR, Higher. those we those sports all have an opportunity here to kind of jump over to kind of get themselves into that position where the NFL once was. John, I don't know. Do you have kids? No, no kids. Dan and I don't either, and we've talked about this in the past. Would you be all right? Would you would you support your son going out there and saying, "Dad, I want to play football"? No, 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 absolutely not. But it's not. It's not. I mean, I mean, it's a personal decision you're going to make. You're allowed to have that decision when you see Aaron Hernandez, who's right? twenty seven and has stage three CTE that and he didn't even play. That's a compelling argument. It really was. When, it, I, when I saw that, that was it was. Because you're right. You're not talking about a 15-year career yeah. there. I mean, it, you're talking about a short run. Now, I mean, he played college and he played high school football, but, I mean, so is everybody else yeah. that's making it to the pro football uh, arena. You're right. I mean, I said, I mean, it was like 10 years ago. I remember the NFL Network was talking to Butch Davis at North Carolina, and he had a scientist on that show that day, and he said, every hit is like being in a small car accident. And I remember looking at my roommate and at that time, and I said, wait till moms start to hear that. When moms start to hear that, 
that, you're going to see youth participation in football come way down. And, dude, I, your statement sounds crazy to the people listening right now, but I was talking about this the other day. The world moves fast, man. And you may be right. 20 years from now, people will going to look different. You and I could be sitting around and talking about, like, can you believe they used to let linebackers just hit wide receivers in the open field? Like, we may get to that point where, and you're right, the NBA has been picking up a little bit more popularity a little bit every year. And the LeBron ceiling is so much higher. Because it's it's global, like you said. And I hate to take my hat off to Steph here, but you kind of have to. Whoa. Because Steph Curry has made the game accessible for small kids. Like, it used to be, if you weren't seven foot, the NBA wasn't going to be your thing. But yeah. now Steph's little and Chuck's threes, and my brother coaches AAU, and he says every kid just comes in the back, in, in the, in the like, arena now and just wants to shoot threes. Yeah, you you can you can look at Steph and be like, ah, I could do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He uh, he's even a, though Steph is like six three, six four, he's still and, pretty big. Like, yeah, he's right. still pretty big. But you, comparatively against other NBA dudes, it is, and it's not it's no longer the big man's game that it once was. You just don't have back that. to the basket and uh, hands on your knees. No, you don't do that. The, the thing I will say about that is, I know it will be a big man's game tonight. I read earlier today that the Memphis Hustle is one of the best rebounding, one of the best shot blocking teams in 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 the NBA G League. Um, so I assume that at some point, you know. Big Perk's going to have to do some work tonight, right? Let's hope. Well, Big Perk always does That's work. all he does? <laughs> That's what he does. And this dude, guy's got the statements down already. I'm telling you, it was at, the, it was at the, the charge scrimmage we had a couple of weeks ago, and this was the first time I'd ever like stood next to Kendrick Perkins. And, dude, I mean, the guy is just a monster. Yeah, I want to meet that guy. And I know he's slimmed down, too, but like he is just like just, well, now I have just to meet a him. massive man, dude. That's, that's, that's not in question. Big Perk is going to do work. Are they going to be <laughs> ready? You got a little right there. Dude, I, I need that banner up in the Civic Center tonight. Big Perk doing work. There's Canton Charge player John Holland. They kick off their home portion of their season this evening. We're actually going to send you. We'll take all our 15 right now at 1-800-243-7625. You're going to the Canton Charge game tonight. You'll see both Fantone and myself there and also John Holland on the floor because he has athletics and, well, we do not. So we'll pass out those tickets. Also, $1,000 up for grabs right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword BILLS to 2ROCK1069. And welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock1069. Where you just heard John Holland say that the NFL is not going to be a thing in 25 years. Can't charge player speaking his mind. Like it. I, dude, he had some decent points. I don't know if he's going to be right or not, but he had some solid points. I mean, we've had the discussion before. Sure. And, I mean, you know, it's 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 there's valid points in there. There really there is. is. There is. If you missed that uh, that conversation, you can pick that up in today's podcast. We'll be available shortly after 10 a.m. at WRQK.com. Congratulations to Carla, who is coming to tonight's Canton Charge home opener. Uh, she uh, she won herself some tickets, and she was very excited. Oh, good. All women winners today, dude. Both sets of Charge tickets and Candlebox all went to, went to the females. Well, that's good, because I'm constantly told the kind of content I do on the program is going to shove women away from they me. They hate you. Chicks hate you, too. I'm constantly Despise told that. Despise you, actually. Constantly told that. All right. All right. Even though it's not true. All right, so the women's what we're going to talk about right now. Ladies. There is a sexual harassment awakening that's happening in this country, and probably rightfully so. As we're finding out, dude, there's just creeps everywhere. Yeah, when that Me Too campaign started, it really did kind of open my eyes to like, God, dude, just countless right. women. And, and that's only the women who decided to say something, let alone the women who decided not to be a part of that. I actually reached out to a former intern of mine today who was really attractive, and I mean really attractive, and had a phenomenal body, that whole thing, like super hot, right? Hard to focus on that whole thing. And I actually said, I was like, you know, as this stuff's going around and the country and dudes are being taken down a peg. I was like, I'm actually proud of the fact that I had you under my tutelage for a year. 
Right. And I feel like nothing ever really crossed the line. Right. And she was like, no, actually, you were really great. It's At this point, I mean, you, you, you as a man, I feel like I have had to kind of like step back and like, was there anything in what my did past? I do? Right. And, 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 and luckily. Because I'm, I'm not a touch kind of person, but I know I've probably said something. And, and luckily, I feel like what I've done and what I've said and everything that's happened with me has been in bounds. But I've had to ask myself, you feel that way. Do the women that were involved right. in these situations Just because they didn't the smack you way, doesn't right, mean they didn't right. walk away from the situation right. going, I wish he didn't say that to right. me. So there's this thing that's been going on, and I saw a meme yesterday, and I can't believe I'm going to take this. A little meme action But here, I saw okay. a meme yesterday right. that I was like, oh yeah, that's totally true. Okay. Which is, are we going to dig up the Hollywood Walk of Fame stars the way we were taking down national monuments and statues all over this country. Okay. We can't just leave plaques to celebrity that have raped women. I mean, Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey, all these dudes have stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Why are we not out there with jackhammers ripping those monuments up the way we tore down Confederate statues? Um, I think there's a very valid point there. And when I'm sure- I saw that meme, I was like, oh yeah, that's true. I'm sure the people who are in charge of the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and I have no idea what the criteria of that is. Is it? I know you have to pay for it. So you have to pay for it. I don't know if that's a X amount of accomplishments, or you know how many awards, or how many record sales, or whatever that is. I have no idea what that is. But yes, at the end of the day, that is a tribute to that person. You can't deny it's not, and you can't hide behind well, it's history. Kevin Spacey is history. <laughs> Shut up, dude. So like, yes, it is a tribute to him, and I don't know. I, I certainly have no problem with saying Bill Cosby's star on the Walk of Fame should be out. I have no problem with that. I mean, we got to start going through and doing this. And I got to tell you, if I'm Hollywood, the last thing I do is put more of those down right now. Right? Like, aren't you like, let's just wait this out. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you could make the argument, Fantone, and it would be sad to to have to do this this way. But you could make the argument that you should not give somebody their Walk of Fame until after they're gone. It makes sense. I mean, I, like you made it your whole life, and we don't have the controversy. Congratulations! Here's the star. I, I feel that way very much about. Um, I mean, Motley Crue has one of those about, for Christ's sake. About like tattoos, where like some people be like, "Yo, I'm gonna go get a Hulk Hogan tattoo," and now all of a sudden, you know, a year later, it's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" So like, there's there's fair point. There's been a part of me like, "Yo, dude, I should get like a LeBron tattoo," and then I'm like, "Nah, dude, a Cavs tattoo is the way to go there because like, and that's what you did, right? There's some sort of separation between like, you know." Of, of 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 the brand and, and and the team as opposed to the one individual player. Now, I'm not trying to say LeBron sexually harassed anybody, but 10 years from now, something comes out about LeBron, and I'm like, oh, my God, I got his face on me, dude. Right, right. And again, I always talk about how we're going to move the line back and back and back as the more we get, more awareness comes out, and we'll, we'll overcorrect the steer, and we'll do all that. I always talk about that, is that you're right. Sooner, I personally think sooner or later what we're going to do is we're going to... Like eventually everybody's going to be guilty of something. And I thought about this the other night. And this is like a half a thought. So excuse me if it doesn't, if, 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 if I sound confused half here. Half a show, dude. Nobody cares. <laughs> what if the world goes from, oh my God, I just want to be a celebrity. Right. To, oh my God, I have to be a celebrity. What if that becomes the thing? What do you mean? Where we're now we're going to make every position to where you're like now the star of like your little part of life. And because of cameras and social media and everybody's now a star, can you live up to, will your life be able to be able to stack up to public scrutiny? Let me tell you, as a guy who gets a very small bit of this, it's hard. It is very, very hard. No, I don't think most people could. But at the same time, I mean... 
the reason why you know athletes and entertainers and musicians and all those actors they're all held to a different standard is because those are positions at the end of the day we all like lust after we all wish we could and they're be. highly paid they're highly paid right they're they're you know with it comes celebrity and 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 you know Affluence. advantage and right and all these different powers Power. and right yeah. and all these different things so there's a part of us that's like God if you're going to do this in that high of a position then I'm going to bring you down a peg I don't know if people are necessarily going to hold the guy selling you gas at the corner station to that same standard, even if he does have 8 million followers on YouTube. That may be fair. Although I don't think you can definitively say that we won't get there. I was actually, no. t- I was actually telling Fantone a story this morning that I've been doing radio for long enough now to where my career has spanned a couple of different milestones. Meaning I once had to say this while doing afternoons. I'm currently using so-and-so's app. For those of you that don't know, app is short for the word applications, which is what you download to use on your smartphone. A lot of you are still on on flip phones. You'll be switching over to smartphones in the near future. That was a statement. I heard a podcast of uh, an old show that I did, and I had to say that. That is still true in Canton South right now, dude. People are like, man, dude, about? why do you do it? <laughs> now everybody in Canton South thinks I'm like the Canton South hater, and I'm going to end up having to buy a house there, and I'm going to have to live there the rest of my life, so people over there don't like, you know, hang us up and shoot me god damn it now dude i'm taking my buddy dustin to a perfect circle on saturday and i'm gonna hear about this all night where's your goddamn problem so i live there it's fine and he's right he's got a great house he's got a nicer place to live than either one of us i don't know what the hell we're always knocking it for we will end the stansbury show let's hope forever next rock 106.9 the stansbury show Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you guys, Sansbury here from North. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com. If you missed John Holland, Canton Charge Player, in studio this morning, you'll be able to catch that in the podcast shortly after 10 a.m. WRQK.com. Fantone, I found another thing that I want to attend that I don't think I'm allowed to because I've reached a certain age okay. and I'm going to be by myself. Okay. Yeah, there's some things in life, much like a, the zoo, haunted houses. If you, as a single man in your 40s, just attend, you're going to look a little Roy Morish there, dude. Jar, I'm not gonna lie, and I don't want that. Okay, I don't want that. But apparently, there's a movie theater in Akron. Yeah. That on Saturday mornings, yeah. I believe it's nine to noon, is going to run like old cartoons, ah. like Looney Tunes and the stuff. Okay. And they said they're just gonna kind of run them on different loops and sit in that. So if you show up late, you show up late. Does not gonna matter. You just be able to catch the net sex starting. And I got to be honest with you, man. I want to be able to like watch children's cartoons Jeez. and like hang. Jeez. I want to be able Careful. to watch. Careful. I want to be. I want to be able to watch the children's <laughs> cartoons from when I was a child, and I want to be able to go watch like Tom and Jerry on the big screen. But I know it's going to be parents with their kids, and I'm going to look like a weirdo. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> these parents are going to be like, "Why does it look like a skunk when this guy came in here? What is that?" Well, um, that is true. That's part of it. Now, now <laughs> and I kind of want that too. Netflix has. Some stuff, but not much. Amazon Prime has a ton of old school stuff. Like, I watched the entire old school Batman cartoon, like from the 90s. I watched that from oh. season one, episode one, all the way to the finish. Like, who's got Looney Tunes? Um, uh, Amazon Prime. They've really? got, I've, I've watched it a couple times where they've got like different, like, 
three hours of old school cartoons, and like some of them are like black and white, like Mickey Mouse's. Some of them are Tom and Jerry's. Some of them are Looney Tunes. The Amazon Prime cost me what a hundred bucks a year. Hundred bucks a year, free shipping on everything. It's got that. Um, it's got um a bunch of original programming, music, movies, music, movies, dude. I swear by it. I really do. All right, I have an Amazon account. Okay, but I didn't have a Prime account. I just had like a regular Amazon account. So all, all I have to do is log back into that. God only knows what the what the username and password for that is, and then upgrade. I think you're gonna need like a Prime. Like not a prime stick, but like an actual prime box, like an Amazon box, then that kind of opens everything up to you. Oh, really? Because I thought the app that I could got, download. We've got we've got a prime stick in our bedroom, but that doesn't give us access to everything. Like the downstairs TV is kind of where it all happens. Well, Maybe I don't have it set up right. That's I a possibility. have I have an Amazon Fire Stick. That is the bootleg one, right? Yeah, but you can still access like the Amazon. You can all you you have to go into like your settings to access that. Like, but I can just access everything else normally. I wonder if you call Amazon and say, "Hey, I want this set up on this bootleg stick." They're going to be like, "Hell no, you don't!" Now here comes the police, Lamar Sharp. Come get him, baby. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I do I do not know. Lamar, bring it. But but as far as as far as kidding, dude, don't do that. It's either a hundred bucks a year or uh, ten bucks a month. So if you wanted to break it up, you could. It's worth it on the free shipping for me. It's because my girlfriend, you know, yeah, yeah buys yeah. enough stuff. Sure. And the music alone, I'm like, all right, this is this is well worth it. Like this gives me what I kind of want, and it's original programming. I know they've got. I know I don't think you're a fan. I, I don't know if you've ever gone here. They've got a Lord of the Rings TV series coming out that's supposed to be more expensive than Game of thrones who knows if it'll be good or not but i know they're putting like all chips in on that uh man in the high tower was really good um, man in the high tower was good i did um, watch that there there, there that there, was there's a bunch of stuff there's funny um uh amazon prime like there's uh this red oak show that's really funny yeah so, i like, watched a couple of those i didn't love that as much as everybody else but it was pretty good yeah i i recommend it i really do most people are are writing in to me and said your hack fire stick will work just fine for your amazon prime you'll be fine also okay. somebody's telling me that if i download the app via my xbox one that i'll be able to access everything on Amazon Prime through that app, okay. much like I do on my Netflix, which is what I want to be able to do, is be able to watch it on my you know, on my 55 in my living room there, so that's what I want. I'll probably end up joining Amazon Prime Worth it. overall. It is. Uh, again, George writing in says, dude, if you want to watch Looney Tunes, just log on to YouTube like everybody else. Yeah. Don't go to the movie theater and get yourself arrested. <laughs> Good advice. Great advice. Aside from that, we're done for the day. Teresa's going to get you hooked up with $1,000 at 1010. We'll talk to you guys again tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106. Now you guys have a great day. See you. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9.